From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, Adam Redux. So this represented an almost 80% reduction in myopia progression amongst those children who were receiving atropine eye drops. First this. On February 22, 2005, As Seen From Here podcast its first episode. It was just an announcement that ophthalmology internet radio programs would soon follow. They did on March 20th of that year. And they were downloaded by exactly no one. Because podcasts had only just been invented. Hello? This is As Seen From Here. Hello? Anybody out there? The idea of podcasting to physicians was so new that the Chicago Tribune ran an article about As Seen From Here, calling it a clear vision of the future. Email me, I'll send you a PDF of my brush with fame. Now, entering its fifth year of podcasting, As Seen From Here has thousands of downloads in more than 100 countries. Even before this enormous growth, the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery shared my vision of ophthalmic education without borders, that geographic barriers should not be educational barriers. And you know what? You share this vision too. Kudos to the ASCRS, and kudos to you. We last heard from Weihan Chua and the Adam study in January of 2007. At that time, Adam, or the Atropine Treatment of Myopia study, was yielding very positive results. It seemed that childhood myopic progression could be held in check by the simple application of atropine eye drops. But the question remained, what would happen to the kids after the atropine treatment ended? I'm delighted to welcome Weihan Chua back to a scene from here to give us follow-up today. Weihan, can I get you to describe the Adam study as things stood before this most recent data? Okay, well, the Adam study um, was designed to study whether topical atropine eye drops uh, would be effective in slowing progression in children. And the first part of the study, which was um, to instill eye drops 1% of atropine, uh, children were randomized to two groups. Um, one group received uh, 1% atropine once a night, and the other group received uh, placebo-controlled eye drops once a night. And over the two-year period, we found that the myopia progression in the atropine group was about uh, 0.25 diopters over a two-year period. Uh, By contrast, the uh, placebo or the control group uh, progressed by about 1.25 diopters over the two-year period. So this represented an almost 80% reduction in myopia progression amongst those children who were receiving atropine eye drops compared to a group of controls. Um, Likewise, we also showed that the axial length progression Uh, was uh, lower in the group using atropine versus those on the uh, placebo eye drops. Once more, how was the atropine dosed? Right, uh, it was 1% and basically the uh, children received the eye drop just a night before going to sleep. By what means does the atropine work? And would other cycloplegics have the same effect? In all honesty, we do not know the exact mechanisms of how the atropine works in retarding myopia progression. Uh, initially, it was thought that atropine would retard by uh, inhibiting accommodation, which was uh, in, you know, two decades ago thought to be the cause of 
uh, myopia development. But since then, uh, animal models have shown that accommodation doesn't really play a role in myopia development. So we don't know exactly how atropine works. But from, again, uh, laboratory work, we found that atropine works probably at the level of either the um, RPE or the choroid or sclera, resulting in uh, reduction in axial elongation, and hence the reduction in myopia progression. And if other cycloplegics are used? Yeah, well, there have been other studies uh, performed in the past. These, these were not properly randomized studies um, looking at the cyclopantolate and tropicamide, and unfortunately, they have not had the success that atropine has, um, uh, that we've seen with atropine. Weihan, can I get you to describe the study protocol and the study in control groups in a little more detail? Um, these were children um, from 6 to 12 years of age, and um, they were essentially in primary school. And their myopia was at least minus 1 diopter to minus 6 diopters. And the children uh, must have exhibited some form of um, progression of myopia in the last one year prior to enrollment in the study. This paper follows the progress of the children after cessation of the atropine therapy. At what point in the protocol was atropine therapy terminated? Well, uh, when the child has completed two years of uh, treatment with either the atropine or the uh, placebo eye drops, that's when they uh, cease to use any more uh, eye drops. What were your results from this study? Okay, from the second study where we basically followed them after stopping the eye drops, we found that in the children who were using atropine, there was an uh, increase in the myopia uh, again, and this was at a rate higher than those that were in the control group previously. And um, we only followed them for one year, and overall the myopia progression in that one year after stopping the eye drop was higher in the atropine group. But if you look at the overall results in the three-year period, since the trial started, um, any, the mean progression for the kids in the atropine group was still overall lower than those in the control group. Was the acceleration in the progression of myopia after cessation of atropine associated with a commensurate increase in axial length? There was a uh, slight increase in the axial length, but not as much. So that is why we surmise that the um, so-called rebound phenomenon in the myopia progression is perhaps not due to true axial elongation, but due to a um, loss of the cycloplegic effect. Because in the first study, when we started kids on atropine, after two weeks, their myopia had dropped, you know, uh, about usually 0.75 one diopter from the uh, pre-treatment visits. And therefore, when we stop atropine, it is not surprising this additional cyclopegic effect is lost. And therefore, you get a sort of rebound phenomenon. This is again supported by the progression rate in the first six months after stopping treatment, where it was in a range of about minus, uh, you know, 1.5 diopters versus if uh, the second six months where it was only down to minus 0.5 diopters. Great. I just want to clarify this. How long did the acceleration and progression of myopia last after cessation of the atropine therapy? And did the progression rate flatten out to the same rate as that in the control patients? Definitely for the first um, year, the overall progression rate was still faster than in the control group. But when we broke it down into the six-month interval, which I uh, talked about earlier, the first six months after stopping was definitely much faster than the second six months after stopping. Uh, it would be nice if we had, you know, second, third-year data, 
after stopping treatment to see whether it eventually uh, paralleled that of the um, control group. But at this point in time, the progression rate, even in the second six months, was still slightly faster than in the control group. But even so, the atropine group wound up less myopic and with shorter eyes than the control population did. That is correct, yeah. So again, um, because, you know, typically progression of uh, childhood myopia would spend more than two years, and therefore I envisage that, you know, to to use this eye drop effectively in controlling myopia, we must um, maintain the uh, treatment longer than two years, and therefore we need to take into account what is the likelihood of uh, the number of years of progression for a child and keep them on treatment till the so-called stimulus for myopia progression has abated. Now, on the theme of atropine risks, what happened to accommodative amplitude in these kids? Right. Well, one of the earlier concerns about using atropine for long term was whether there was going to be any um, permanent effects on amplitude of accommodation. Um, So one of the important points we've addressed in this study was that uh, after stopping treatment, despite using it for two years, the amplitude of accommodation essentially returned to normal levels. Is there any reason to think that these kids will become presbyopic at a younger age than their peers? No, I do not think so. Um, I think that, you know, from our study, we've shown that the ability of accommodation remains unchanged after stopping. And again, these patients being myopic probably would not have the um, effect of presbyopia uh, affecting them if they were to take out their glasses anyway. So it turns out that this is a very complicated story. Having said that, what do you do in your own practice and what do you recommend for me as a clinician? This is probably a good time to then share with you a subsequent study that we did to the first ATOM study. And this is, you know, we call it the ATOM2 study, whereby we were looking at lower doses of atropine to see whether they can achieve the same beneficial effect without the concomitant side effects such as madriasis and cycloplegia. So in this study, again, it's a randomized study, and we're looking at uh, three different concentrations, 0.5%, 0.1%, and 0.01% uh, of atropine with a nightly uh, installation for, again, a two-year period. And we are coming to the conclusion of uh, that study, and I certainly hope to be able to share with you know, your audience the results of that study, perhaps um, you know, later part of this year. But certainly in, in my current practice, um, you know, whenever a patient walks in with you know, very anxious parents who are concerned about their rapid myopia progression, the first thing I establish is whether the progression is significant enough. And usually I take that to be at least 0.5 doctors of myopia progression in the last six months to a year. Um, again, uh, I would then emphasize the potential side effects of uh, atropine use to the parent and also would at the same time you know, establish what are the sort of levels of myopia in the parents because I'm beginning to realize that we need to establish a risk profile for each child who is considering uh, atropine treatment. And therefore, with you know, certain risk factors like high levels of um, parental myopia, and rapid progression, I would be more comfortable in studying these children on atropine. Wei Han, thank you so much. Not at all. Wei Han Chua is consultant in the refractive surgery service of the Singapore National Eye Center in Singapore. His paper, Atropine for the Treatment of Childhood Myopia, Effect on Myopia Progression After Cessation of Atropine, appears in the March 2009 issue of Ophthalmology. 
ask questions of Dr. Chua or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.